Today's episode is brought to you by Yelp, whose mission is to connect people with great local businesses. They're also helping me connect with you, which is totally awesome. Now here we go. Any restaurateur that calls you, don't ask about membership, just help them. We need to save the industry. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the future of the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. If hosting this show has made one thing incredibly clear, it's that teamwork, data, and resources will be what help us thrive post-pandemic. Understanding that, Yelp and I have created a cheat sheet, offering insight into consumer behavior, popular trends, and free tools and resources to help you get open and stay open. You can download that guide at joshcopel.com forward slash resources. Didn't write that down? There's a link in the show notes as well. California is the fifth largest economy in the world, and the hospitality industry here employs literally hundreds of thousands of people. Who speaks for us? Who's looking out for our best interests? Who's there to make sure we survive the pandemic? The California Restaurant Association has extended its resources to the industry nationwide. And on this episode, we chat with Jock Conde, president of the CRA, about the work they're doing to make sure that California functions as a guidepost, showing other states how to support the industry that powers their economy. We're the the largest and oldest restaurant trade group in the country. Um, We were founded in Los Angeles. It was the Los Angeles Restaurant Association back back in the day, you know, in the early 1900s, 1906. Um, And, you know, over time, you know, the, 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 the membership obviously expanded. It included, uh, then it was Southern California Restaurant Association. It became the California Restaurant Association as we, you know, um, merged with the Northern Sacramento Restaurant Association, the San Francisco. So it was, a uh, we over many decades became the statewide organization. And, you know, back in 1906, when, when the, the organization was first founded by um, a gentleman named Ed Levy, uh, who owned Levy's Cafe in downtown Los Angeles. He and five other restaurateurs got together in a cafe um, uh, because they were, they felt like they were getting jerked around by City Hall, like literally. And, and they formed the organization to collect, you know, to create a larger voice of these restaurateurs who felt like they were being mistreated by regulators. And the interesting thing is, is that, you know, Hundred plus years later, <clears throat> the mission, the core mission, is still there. That's what we do. That's our primary role. I mean, we're we have a team of um, advocates and lobbyists, and you know, um, a legal center and lawyers, and we're we're actively engaged uh, at the city hall level you, today, virtually today, in city hall in Los Angeles and in San Diego and other cities. We have advocates in these cities that that are working with elected officials, and of course, we have a team of advocates in the Capitol building who are spending all their time, you know, making sure that, you know, as bills are introduced, that we're trying to minimize their impact. We're trying to do what we can to promote the, um, the restaurant industry and create a better operating environment for it. And unfortunately, just over the last 15 years, it's been mostly defensive, you know, because you have a, a very sort of, um, um, well-meaning, but sort of activist, um, government 
who are trying to do the right thing for a particular constituency, but a lot of times the unintended consequences, it's making it makes it difficult to run a small business. So we do a lot of that and we advocate, a lot of people don't know this, you don't see it, it's not sexy and it's not in the headlines, but we spend a lot of time in the courts. Um, in fact, we are in the middle of litigation against the city of Berkeley on a, a natural gas ban that um, that is just, it's not a headline grabber, but we're actively engaged in the courts, whether we are um, litigating against, let's say, a government, a local or state government that we feel has perhaps overreached a little bit. Um, and then off, oftentimes we will engage, um, we will defend restaurants if it's a precedence. Any case, we, we did this, uh, we were in um, a lengthy litigation, took a year and a half in San Diego, where there was a class action suit filed against restaurants who were putting a surcharge on their bill. Um, and we defended those restaurants because the outcome of that case could have had an impact throughout California and had a chilling effect on restaurants who are trying to figure out how to adjust their business model or their pricing structure. And a lot of them chose to put surcharges on there. We want to allow for those, those, um, those options for restaurants. So we're in the courts, we're in the, the legislative arena. We spend a lot of time in sort of the bowels of government offices and cubicles where there are regulators, unelected, and sometimes we would say unaccountable regulators who spend their a career in a very specific part of the law that impacts us, whether it's you know environmental law, recycling laws, um, water quality, um, local health departments. We're very um, we work very closely with health departments. So we have um, experts and staff specialists who work with these various agencies, and that's kind of the core of what we do. But we also have a member services. Um, sort of division, and that's sort of how you came to know our association. We have a lot of, um, we have an insurance agency that we, you know, sell um, insurance products that are discounted for members. Um, we do a lot of training. We do the SurfSafe training in California in partnership with the National Restaurant Association. We have, um, you know, um, a compliance assistance uh, division where we have um, a hotline where people man the phone. 40 hours a week um, and answer questions of restaurateurs and any question. You know, I, I've got to make this decision, a hiring decision, and I want to make sure that I'm doing it right. And we will connect them with lawyers to get free legal advice, you know, if you're a member of the association. Because um, a lot of times you make a decision without communicating with a lawyer, that could result in a lawsuit. And so really it's about um, fostering a compliance-oriented membership, giving them information, um, and really, of course, in this crisis, it's all it, it's all been about making sure they have the most up to date, like literally by the hour information. So they're doing the right thing and they're able to plan properly. Um, and then, you know, I think the part because you're you're part of our, our L.A. Uh, group, our L.A. chapter and the L.A. Restaurant Association, you know, there's board members and we have an infrastructure and. You know, uh, we do a lot of work locally, a lot of philanthropic work. We have a foundation that, uh, you know, we're close to a thousand restaurant workers that we have given emergency grants to just in this crisis alone. Um, and we give scholarships to kids who want to pursue careers in culinary arts, what Johnson and Wales, Cornell, you know, Cal Poly Pomona, a great school. Um, and so we have the foundation and we do a lot of that and our local chapters are very engaged in that philanthropic activity, giving back to the community. That's part of what we do. That's what's so great about our industry. And, and as part of that, um, we, we provide through our 
chapter network and our local restaurant associations, uh, an ability for restaurateurs like you to talk to other restaurateurs where you wouldn't otherwise get an opportunity to sit in a room and just exchange best practices, talk about ideas. What are you seeing out there? You know, where do you get your bread? You know, where do you source this? Where do you source that? Um, and um, that is not sort of the core of, uh, you know, mission, but it has turned out to be a really important component um, of our of our infrastructure. And um, and it's really become apparent during the, the COVID-19 crisis when, you know, people are locked in their home and we've been having sort of these Zoom calls, uh, you know, meetings, and it's been therapeutic, helpful. Um, and so there's a social element, you, you know, to our association that has been probably one of the most sticky parts of our membership. People like, you know, I, you know, I, I'm going to stay with the association because I value the relationships I build with other restaurateurs. I can figure out sort of, you know, vendors and suppliers. And of course, we have a lot of uh, partnerships with our, our vendors, you know, the industry's vendors and supplier community. Uh, where there are discounts, deep discounts in some cases that we're, that restaurants have. So we're a full, a full suite, uh, you know, trade association, and um, and you know we represent our we represent the industry. Our membership is probably about a quarter of California's restaurant before the COVID crisis. Um, you know there were about a hundred thousand restaurants, and you know we our membership is about twenty two to twenty five thousand. Uh, you know, restaurant locations in our membership. Um, but we do represent the interests of all restaurants. I, you know, eight, about 85% of our membership would be what you would consider an independent small restaurant. You know, mm -hmm. um, that's the core of our, that's the core of our, you know, the vast majority of our members. Um, and, um, and whether you're representing it, we also represent some of the large, the large restaurant chains and large brands. But um, the issues, the issues uh, affect both the same. Um, you know, I think there's been over the years there's been sort of this element of uh, you know the, the independents look at the chains, you know, and oh, you're just a bad, big bad chain, and the, the chains would look at the independents in some cases, you know, we, you, the trade associations, the claim is the trade associations are always representing the small independents. Well, you know, we've been able to, you know, I, I'm proud of this, that our, that the restaurant community is a restaurant community, truly as a community. And whether you foods representing as you're a franchisee representing a brand or you're an independent restaurateur with one or two locations um, in a metropolitan center, your fears and your hopes, you know, um, are the same. Your, what drives you, I believe, uh, you know, is largely the same hospitality. You know, you're passionate about the industry. Um, so we've been, and we represent all of them, but again, most, most of our members would be, you know, independents. Can you think of any big wins that you guys have had over the last 12 months, we'll say prior to the pandemic? Oh boy, uh, you, you know it's hard to remember prior to the pandemic. We've had some, <laughs> we've had lots of wins, you know, during, um, you know, and then, and then, you know, before, um, you know, over the years. Geez, I, you know, uh, I look at wins sometimes in California. Um, sometimes the win, you don't see them because it's like proving a negative. 
you know, at the, at the beginning of every year, I'll give you an example, just sort of in the state capitol building, for example. Every year at the beginning of a, a legislative session, um, the, the legislature, 120 lawmakers, 80 assembly members, 40 senators, collectively introduce about 3,000 bills amongst them. And, um, and these bills are ideas that they have. And unfortunately, most of the time, they're not real great ideas in our opinion. Maybe may well-intended, you know, uh, but they impact us as employers sometimes negatively. So a lot of, a lot of our energy in the, in the capital, uh, you know, usually from January till, well, certainly uh, September, but that, in that time frame, we're trying to make a bad bill less bad or to stop it. I mean, that's sort of the core of what you do. You try to stop bad bills. Um, so that, that is, uh, you know, sort of a lot of what we do. Um, and if you look at, you know, we have kind of what, what we call a, sort of a hot bill list that we come up with at the beginning of every year that monitors, usually after we go through 3,000 pieces of legislation that have been introduced, about 200 uh, we've sort of uh, isolated as bills that directly impact the restaurant industry or even indirectly. And we have a, an interest in either changing it, stopping it, you know, um, somehow. Um, and so we follow those 200 bills. By the end of the year, most of those bills have been fixed or amended or have been stopped. You know, and a lot of times it's either because of us, the restaurant industry, or a lot of times we do um, a lot of uh, a lot of work with um, our peers in other sectors, food, uh, and certainly in the food chain, the distribution, the agriculture channel, the food processing, retail, even grocery stores, who sometimes are a competitor of ours, but we have a lot, uh, we align a lot on employment issues local, you know, local chambers and others. So there are, if you go to our website, calrest.org, um, and you look at, you can see under the advocacy, you'll see a long list of wins. And those wins are things that didn't happen, you know, <laughs> like, which is why I said, it's like proving a negative. Right. Um, right. You know, so yeah, there's, there's a, a many, many wins, uh, whether in the legislature uh, you know, or or in the courts that are almost too numerous to mention. Well, and you've spoken many times about COVID-19. Let's talk about how the CRA has had to pivot and the efforts made on behalf of membership through this time. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it really was, I mean, when it, when the, when it, when the shutdown first happened, you, you know, the, gov the governor on the March 15 Sunday, I believe, announced that he was going to essentially uh, adjust how businesses operate and announced that he was um, going to reduce restaurants operating capacity by 50%, which at the time, that seemed like a win to us. Of course, not really fully seeing the numbers and sort of uh, you know, how it was spreading and, and all that, we felt like we can, you know, the alternative was much worse. We could live with the 50%, you know, operating capacity. We're just going to have to sort of educate our membership on how best to do that, what they need to know. So that was kind of the beginning of the crisis that sort of 
you know, um, morphed, you know, into other crises. I mean, so later that evening, after the governor made the announcement, um, I my phone started blowing up and, you know, I was getting messages that Mayor Garcetti wanted to talk to me. And this was Sunday night. And um, so eventually uh, we, we ended up um, talking on the phone and, you know, he was, you know, you know, we, got, uh, reached, we reached each other about an hour before he made the announcement that the restaurants in LA were going to be shut down completely. And um, so that was why he was trying to, to get a hold of me, saying that he didn't necessarily think that that, you know, agree with the governor's sort of 50% reduction. And he was going to announce in an hour the restaurants were going to shut down. And by the way, there's 12 other mayors that are going to do the same thing in large cities. So I'm just, I wanted to give you a heads up. So you know, uh, at that point, our entire sort of focus for the next few weeks was just getting the information to the industry. At that point, we stopped treating members like just members. We started treating every restaurant owner in California as a member. Um, you know, we sort of we removed all lockdowns on our website. You know, um, all our our help desk and our um, compliance assistance staff were just any restaurateur that calls you don't ask about membership just help them we need to save the industry and so we kind of pivot into that kind of crisis management mode and it was you know just getting the right information making sure that it was on our website posted prominently and so we had to we were adjusting that on and adjusting what our website looked like and sort of extracting from our website any information that was just sort of irrelevant. Nobody wanted to know about a golf tournament, you know, coming up in three weeks, you know, and so we were just sort of trying to strip down any information. There was a lot of IT data, you know, our advocacy, our lobbyists were, you know, they weren't lobbying at least the first few weeks. It was just talking to the government officials saying, when are you going to get the information out? What does this lockdown mean? What does the compliance look like? How are you going to enforce it? What does, you know, um, you know, curbside mean? And what can you do in curbside? You know, we went into action in Los Angeles where you saw, I guess, this, uh, you know, um, I, I guess, grocerants, uh, this new grocerant, you know, opening up where restaurants became grocery stores to sort of try to figure out how to generate some revenue and provide some help to a community that was, you know, didn't have a lot of access to products in the grocery store. You know, paper products were in limited supply initially. And so restaurants through their food distributor had access to this. And so we spent a lot of time, you know, then we started to, you know, maybe after week two, our advocacy efforts started to kick in again, where we, we needed to, um, we needed to sort of get the government to respond. And I think at this point, you know, there was a lot of restaurant restaurants who, um, you know, restaurant owners who probably would never have given the restaurant association a second thought, you know, it was almost like, yeah, do your thing. We're doing our thing. But I think during this crisis, the importance of being involved, the importance of having your voice heard with a, uh, politicians and lawmakers and regulators and opinion leaders is super important. And I think a lot of restaurant owners got religion during this crisis on, wow, it's important. Government does really have an impact on our operations because at this point, 
every element of your business was under the authority and control of government. They told you what you could and couldn't do, and to a degree, they're still doing. And so that's where the, the, our advocacy, the you know, team kicked in. So we allowed, we worked with the LA Health Department, for example, and, and got them to allow for restaurants to be gross runs, you know, if, if they did all the right things. And it kept a lot of restaurants alive. We, you know, um, alcohol delivery would not have happened, but for our advocacy efforts. That was a direct result of our conversations with ABC to try to figure out, can we create more channels of revenue for restaurants who are sort of essentially in this hibernation mode, just trying to stay afloat. And a lot of our advocacy was really sort of operating on the margins. You know, we spent a lot of time with the governor on getting deferral on tax, um, you know, payments and fee payments. Uh, all of that was the handiwork of our advocacy team. So they went into overdrive and, you know, again, too many wins to mention, but there's a lot of, a lot of, and you can kind of go to our website, to see that, but a lot of the work that we did just in the last few months and a lot of the, um, a lot of the reasons restaurants were able to stay open in limited capacity was because of, you know, the work, the work that our advocates did in that, in that period. Um, you know, and then as we're looking at, you know, coming out the other side of this and what does the new operating environment look like? What does the business model look like? You know, um, our advocacy team will be, you know, front and center on if the business model needs to change and there are barriers in laws or regulations, you know, then we will try to remove those barriers. If there are sort of impediments to our operating, you know, um, sidewalk dining, you know, um, we've spent a lot of time with the city of Long Beach, the city of LA, you know, uh, Palm Springs, San Diego, in trying to get them to free up uh, some public space to allow restaurants to operate at a, a, at a larger capacity and still allow them to social distance in their dining area. That's all advocacy work that, that we're doing in real time today. Um, and then, you know, of course, the, the delivery, you know, um, curbside, you, you know, curbside pickup, allowing, you know, lobbying local governments to allow for the ordinances to be changed city by city to allow for curbside pickup, uh, which many cities didn't allow for that. Um, so uh, virtually every city that's allowed for that in this crisis is because of our work. And then, of course, the delivery, the third party platforms, which really were key to our industry in many respects. Uh, they didn't have a staff to deliver. And of course, you know, we all have our challenges with sort of how the third party deliveries are integrating themselves in our industry, uh, but they were um, they were helpful uh, and their presence was critical for a lot of restaurants to stay open. But as we come out of this, I mean, there's a lot of discussions that we're having with um, many of the, the third party platforms, uh, DoorDash notably, um, who, you know, have bent over backwards to be accommodating uh, to our industry um, and want to be a partner. And um, of course, in the public policy arena, we have some disagreements 
and we are trying to work through those. There's a bill in the legislature right now that we support that uh, addresses some of those challenges that we have with them, and we're trying to work with them. But a lot of that, the advocacy work that we do, you know, the wins, in, you know, as it were, a lot of these are happening now, and it's just negotiations in the, you know, um, around a table with some of our, um, our counterparties or our adversaries in some cases to try to work through um, an issue. Um, lease, lease, the lease issue during the COVID crisis has been a big issue, huge issue. It's the largest fixed cost for our industry. And um, uh, there, there were a couple attempts um, uh, in, in the legislature by S Senator Weiner carried a bill um, that uh, were um, ambitious, I guess, these attempts, understanding, you know, the economics on and, and, the, and the political power on the side of the, the property owners, the landlords, the mortgage bankers, commercial mortgage banking industry. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge, you know, there's a lot of participants in that discussion. I mean, you can kind of get into a let's 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 uh, uh, let's let's deal with this lease issue. It's between um, a, bis, a small business owner and the landlord, but it's much bigger than that. The politics are bigger, the nuances, the legal issues. So, in any event, some of these early efforts were, like I said, ambitious. You know, um, we sort of understood that they were. Um, likely had challenges. Um, we've been in conversations with some of the um, some of the mortgage industry, some of the property owners to see if we can revive that. The, those, is, the, those early efforts died fairly quickly, didn't have um, the support they needed. You know, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, when we look at proposals, we have to look at them in terms of we like the proposal, are the votes there? In the end, you can say, we've got this, we're gonna champion this, come with us. But unless you figure out how to make it happen, like count the votes, how's this going to play out? It's sometimes irresponsible to be saying, we're gonna get you a break on this issue or that issue when you don't have the votes and you can't sort of figure out the path to getting to the governor's desk. That has been, a constant challenge um, nationally. And I've talked to a lot of my peers in other states and even the National Restaurant Organization where you have collections of organizations and small businesses, even in, in our industry in some respects, um, um, I think sort of um, fully, you know, many of them are passionate and well-intended and they're pursuing a, an objective and then they're talking to the industry about it and getting sort of almost false hopes, you, you know, uh, and then, but you're not playing out the votes. And that's the, where a lot of times, sometimes our, our work, people get frustrated. Like, why, why aren't you out there getting a freeze on all rents for restaurants? We would love that, but we also understand how it has to work and all the participants and we need to engage and we need to count votes and we need to, do right the the roll up your sleeves gumshoe lobbying where you're spending time with staff and elected officials and twisting arms and convincing and begging and pleading and giving them research you know 
and one by one counting votes and you know creating a list of who you got and who you don't. That's kind of day to day. Uh, the work that we do on not just lease issues and you know alcohol issues, tax issues. We're doing that on all these issues. Um, so anyway, I'm sorry. I feel like I just went off on a monologue and. and, <laughs> and no, you, 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 answered, you answered the question well. Um, and, and I think it's, it's very important that people understand uh, how far the, ad, ad, the advocacy has gone and you know, what the net result of that is. In addition to that, you guys have also supplied a ton of resources. Can you walk me through that so that the people listening know what they have access to? Yeah, well, first, I mean, first and foremost, I think the most uh, widely used service that we provide is access to our legal center. So we have uh, five uh, law firm partners who um, do three things for our members. Uh, one, they if you go to our website, they're accessible to most restaurants. Some are locked down, but we try to make them as many as we can available to all restaurants. But we've got essentially compliance documents for every imaginable issue a restaurateur is confronted with on compliance, legal, regulatory, wage and hour, you know, labor law, you know, what to do if, if your workplace is being organized. You know, we're, we're neutral on that, by the way. But, you know, if there's an organizing effort in your restaurant, you need to be very aware of what you can and can't do. And so we've got a very specific policy document for restaurateurs to read. That's, they're usually, usually understandable, even though they're written by lawyers, but they're usually understandable on how to navigate through some sticky issues. Or, you know, if you're hiring somebody, what do you need to know? If you're letting somebody go, what do you need to know? What are the steps you need to take to make sure that you're doing it the right way? Um, we have a document on that. So for every imaginable issue, we've got a compliance document. Those are written by our law firm partners and they're updated regularly. So if there's a case, if there's a, a case at the Supreme Court that essentially changes the law fundamentally, we will update it in real time uh, and so it's accessible to restaurants and it's always, um, you know, always up to date. And then we push it out through our compliance app that our members have access to. So the, our lawyers do that. They, we uh, offer them free legal advice. So uh, 15 minutes every month. So and we have uh, tons of calls from our membership, especially now saying, hey, what do I do about this? And And most of the time, we're able to provide them the, the answer, but if it's a sticky issue and it's nuanced, we connect them to the lawyers and the lawyers give them the advice. Certainly if there's litigation, we don't give them any advice, we give them straight to the lawyers. And then of course, if you need to hire a lawyer, ultimately uh, there's deep discounts, so you're paying less in, in legal fees through your membership with us than you know, if you're going out on your own. And then they can, we, we conduct a lot of um, seminars. Now we call them webinars, but before they were in person, you know, and we would bring these lawyers and we would have three hour seminars with restaurants and members and, you know, lawyers would give them, here's what you, here's what you need to know. And then just, you know, uh, questions. Um, those are, those, that's a really um, highly used service that we provide. Um, insurance products, discounts, workers comp, for example, you know, we have a partnership with Employers Workers Comp. 
it's the best deal you'll get anywhere. Um, we've had a we've had a partnership with employers for um, over ten years, um, and you get you know five percent off your your premium. We also have a partnership with United Healthcare, so you get um, a, a discount through participating in the um, the restaurant um, um, insurance pool uh, through the National mm -hmm. Restaurant Association. It was created through um, um, the ACA, and um, so within that pool, you can uh, uh, sign up for associate an association insurance plan, which is a lot better than if you were going out on your own. So we're, we're providing a lot of that, those benefits through, um, through the membership. Well, and, you know, being a restaurateur and being in the industry my entire life, I, I've learned to value straight talk. And, you know, for the people listening, I think it is, it is as important that we talk about what they need to do, right? Because this is definitely an organization. This is definitely a situation where everybody needs to carry their own water. And can you talk about what the people listening, what the restaurant members need to do to help push our initiatives along? Yeah. Well, I would say, yeah, let me first start with kind of where we are today in, in, this, in this sort of crisis. And as re restaurants are reopening and kind of navigating the waters and trying to figure out, you know, how to, you know, what are your obligations under this, this new uh, these new guidelines, you know, and providing, you know, face, requiring face coverings for your employees and doing the right thing, um, you know, strictly adhering to the health guidelines, you know, in your county are critical. Go to our website. We have all of the up-to-date information. That is critical um, because uh, we're starting to see this now. We need, it's, it's important for the public to know, and we spend a lot of time conveying this to the public um, through the media, through, you know, um, a pod, a podcasts with, you know, people like you um, that, that, where that has the, sort of the, the, the public as an audience. We're constantly talking about how our industry is poised to um, safely operate um, and provide a safe environment for our customers to come back because sanitary sort of um, diligence and you know cleanliness and food safety this is in our dna we did this before this crisis happened every worker in our industry is trained in food safety which also includes sanitation sanitary conditions you know best practices and now the industry is doubling down on that, and that's super important. So, I um, um, we're we're actually talking to the public about this. We have seen some restaurants that are not necessarily adhering to, and in, in some cases, they're just unaware of their their obligations. You know, um, with regard to what how they need to sort of operate with their employees and face coverings and social distancing. Um, and now, uh, based on last week, you know, the customers need to be wearing face masks, um, making sure that they're rigorously adhering to that is super important because what we're seeing is the public is, uh, you know, there's backlash. And, and, you know, I think the question has been from the very beginning, what's the, who's the enforcement? Uh, you know, who's enforcing this? Well, in some cases, local code enforcement are 
enforcing it if somebody complains. In some cities, it's just city by city, police departments will come in. Um, but ultimately, the enforcement's occurring on social media. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, someone sees a restaurant not operating, you know, um, according to the guidelines, someone's going to snap a picture, it's going to end up on Instagram, perhaps it goes viral, a lot of people see it, and it absolutely has an impact on the consumer confidence uh, of eating out in the restaurant. And we're trying to get our industry to come along, be diligent, so we can convey to the consumers that it's safe to come back. You know, um, and so that's if I could say anything that, you know, to the restaurant industry today, that's what I would say um, relative to uh, participation in in, you know, um, advocacy. I would say hopefully you've all realized how important uh, how big of a role government plays in your business um, and how much of a difference um, you can make as an individual restaurant by participating in our association, whether you're a member or not. Uh, we, you go to, if you go to our website and go to the advocacy part of our website and click, you know, the, the, the take action, you can see the work that we're doing today, the advocacy and what we're asking our members to do. I think one of the, the most powerful elements of our advocacy is not just all the lobbyists I talked to you about and they're spending time you know, with lawmakers and policymakers and elected officials. That is all critical, but it doesn't work unless our membership have their voice heard as well. So an important companion to that lobbying work that our advocates do, they're asking a lawmaker to vote against a bill. Um, but at the same time, we are connecting thousands of restaurateurs to that lawmaker. So we are able to connect the voice of a restaurateur in every corner of California to their elected official to provide them, uh, the lawmaker, the opinion of this restaurateur. There's, there is a bill that, that's related to a paid family leave um, just last week that's being considered uh, by our, our state legislature and we've generated just in the period of you know five business days, thousands of letters from restaurateurs through our grassroots network. So we're able to turn on a, a, a large voice of restaurateurs. And when lawmakers hear from their constituents, restaurateurs in particular, they hear that. That actually has an impact on our success um, in city halls and in the Capitol buildings. So I would say, this outside of this whole COVID crisis, uh, get involved, get, you know, um, help your business by getting involved in our association at a minimum in our grassroots work. Follow our website, sign up for our newsletters that you can sign up for online. So you're getting information, you're making yourself aware of what's happening at the local level, the county level, the state level, the federal level, and what's being done to address some of these challenges, government sort of generated challenges that were that are confronting us and how you can get involved. Because almost 100% of the time, if there's an issue that government is sort of uh, the source of, uh, then we're involved in it, uh, no matter the level of, uh, of, of government. And um, um, so, yeah, that, that would be my most important. Get involved, stay involved. 
stay informed, you'll be a better operator, and you will help us, you know, in our larger mission, which is creating a positive uh, operating environment for restaurants. Absolutely. We are all in this together. I, I like to close every episode by giving the guests an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. Do you have any words of advice or encouragement you'd like to share with the people listening? Yeah, other than what the one I just gave, uh, but I, you know, I, I um, you know, I, I just, you know, want the you to know uh, as a, a listener on this podcast and listen often. It's a great podcast, Josh. I so appreciate <laughs> what you're doing. Um, you know, I, I think the people that you have working for you in this association and the people that are my bosses, essentially, Josh, you're one of them. You're on the board of the LA Restaurant Association. I have a board of directors of, who are who dictate the general policy direction of this association. I answer to them. They are, you know, um, investing their time and and energy into, you know the work that we do and because they have a passion for the industry. But, you know, our, the, the team at CRA, whether they are on our help desk or our lobbyists or our, you know, member care team or our marketing team, they are passionate about this industry and our, um, we, we sweat and bleed the restaurant industry. Um, and we're, uh, you know, um, concerned every every night, you know, you know, we sort of reflect on the day and what happened, and um, you know, motivated to you know get up the next day and do everything we can to help this industry because we understand not just the passion that we have for the industry, but also the contribution that this industry makes to our economy, our communities, um, and to you know, society as a whole. Um, I think it's, it's, um, I think we should all be proud. You should be proud uh, that before this crisis, and I would imagine, um, you know, after the crisis as well, the restaurant industry is the largest generator of sales tax to the state of California. We're the largest sales tax revenue stream for the state of California. We were generating 10 million restaurant transactions every day in the state for this crisis. Um, that's money that funds schools, fire, police protection, you know, um, infrastructure. We're, we're doing that one restaurant at a time. But I think, you know, many of uh, many restaurateurs don't look at themselves as being part of this larger sort of um, necessity for our economy. Um, the, our workforce, you know, we are providing opportunities for, um, you know, workers in many cases who wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity to have a job. Um, the first job, you know, in many, many cases, we're providing that first job opportunity. And in many, many cases, we're providing that second, second chance opportunity, being an industry that hires probably more um, formerly incarcerated people than any other industry. We're giving people a second shot. That's who we are. We are the most diverse industry uh, in, in this state, if not the country, but certainly in this state, we are the most diverse industry. 60% of the restaurants are owned by people of color. 
So I think a lot of, you know, what a lot of people don't realize that when they think about the restaurant, they don't think about the restaurant industry. They think about their favorite restaurant. They think about Josh's restaurant, you know, and that's as far as it goes, right? They think about the experience, right? And, and sort of what it means to them. When you step back and you look at all the, all of the contributions we're making to society, to our workforce, to the opportunity, to the infrastructure in this state and in our cities, you know, it's mind-bending that we are, um, we are not just, you know, relevant, we are necessary. And it's that, it's that part. It's the, the fact that we are necessary. Yes, we're relevant. And yes, we create a great sidewalk scape for these, you know, downtowns. And we're creating an, an opportunity. We are, they need, they, they, the state need us just from an infrastructure standpoint. Um, and so I'd say, you know, to, to those who are struggling out there, um, we're with you. We're, you know, we're in this together, but you have someone, uh, you have a team of people, a lot of smart people that, that are, you know, working in this organization um, who have your back, uh, who have your interests at heart every single day and are, are here for you. We've got an 800 number, call us anytime, but also be proud of what you do. And I know you have pride in your particular, you know, um, brand and restaurant, but have pride in the industry that you've chosen um, and the impact that it has on um, our society and our state. It is immeasurable. Um, and I would say probably um, more impactful on, on so many fronts than any other industry in the state of California. That's Jot Conde, president of the California Restaurant Association. For more on what Jot and the CRA team are working on, go to calrest.org. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, check out our video content, or read our weekly blog, go to joshkopel.com. That's J-O-S-H-K-O-P-E-L.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.